You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. A little bit of the bubbly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Boys and Body Slams. Three goofballs that talk about wrestling. We're here to boost your ass and have a blast. So, enjoy. So, a pirate walks into a bar, okay? And he's got a steering wheel attached to his belt. And he goes up to the bartender. And the bartender says, Hey, you notice that steering wheel on your belt? And the pirate says, Aye, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Welcome am to Big I Boys. The, am I on the right show? Welcome to Big Boys and Body Slams. This is a little a little humor to start, it's to, an start your, to start your Wednesday a little morning. little joke from him to you. Wednesday afternoon. My name is Zach. Over here we got Kyle. I'm here. And over here, back back in the seat, yep. Robbie kept it warm, but nobody is a replacement for you. Luke, oh, welcome you back. So How is the sunshine state? Oh, Cali was amazing. Actually, I think the sunshine state is Florida, isn't it? Yeah, you're, it, you're yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. Fuck. And we're also coming to you from our new studio. Yes, sir. That's right, a.k.a. Kyle's sports room, which has probably close to 500 bobbleheads in it right now. And that's not counting any of the other memorabilia you have. This is an impressive room. Uh, Sitting behind Zach right now, we have a whole shelf with like a Hulk Hogan picture that's autographed. It's like, a, it's like I don't want to get weird, but it's kind of a Hulk Hogan shrine. It's it, a bit I mean, shriney. With, with a with a Ken Shamrock autographed glove and some bobbleheads of like Goldberg and Ravi and Dan. It's pretty awesome. Now. We'll have to get some video of it for you guys out there. Maybe we'll take some videos on our phone maybe after don't this. Don't forget the signed, worn Kevin Nash boot over here. It's not, it's not, worn. Worn. It's not worn. It's not worn. No. Shit. It's not by Kevin Kevin Nash anyways, but I've come in here and snuck it on a few times when he's not looking. Nice. Uh, as I said, we are big boys and body slams, and we have a shit ton of stuff to talk about today. Hello. So uh, just so you know, we're going to be changing things the format a little bit. Before we've been doing voicemails before the show, guys, we got so many this week that we're going to wait until after our Unforgiven review uh, to get to the voicemails. And also, we're going to bring you a prediction panel for yes. uh, Clash of Champions 19, WWE's pay-per-view this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so look forward to that. We are super excited about Clash of Champions, which is going to be the Sunday, of course, the episode coming to you on Wednesday. Now, before we get to anything, I have to give the biggest shout-out we've ever given on this podcast, and I'm not oh, exaggerating, yeah. and I'm not jo- joking. Uh, Jake Jonas has subscribed to... Jake Jonas has decided we're worth $5 a month. Which is so awesome, and we are so thankful for that. So thank you, seriously, from the very bottom of these big boys' hearts. It actually means a lot to all of us. I got misty-eyed. My eyes eyes got sweaty with respect. Zach, Zach kept messaging me and saying, you need to check Twitter right now, you need to check Twitter right now, and I'm like, Bro, I'm trying to be a grown-up and pay my bills. Uh, and so, then I get to the car, and I'm like, oh, Seriously, like, thank you so much. That's going to help us on top of the ad revenue that we have coming in. Uh, not to get like too like business savvy on you, but that's going to help us upgrade our equipment and keep this thing going. Uh, if any of you guys have the the uh, the drive to do the same thing, we certainly generosity. wouldn't say no. It's just on our Anchor.fm page. The link is out there. It's the same link, uh, typically, as you'll get with our voice messages. So uh, seriously, thank you so much, man. It means... It means the world to us. Uh, we're just three goofballs talking about wrestling. And we, well, again, we really appreciate that. And not just to Jake. Thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us on Twitter, messaging us, uh, talking to us on Instagram and Facebook. Like, Man, you, Twitter has been blown up. You guys oh, are yeah. the reason that we do this. And, like, seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, like, we love every single one of you. We This is what this is the reason we do this right you know it's to is to have interaction with fans and make new friends and just have fun and this has been 
the last the last five weeks since we've been back have been some of the best the best episodes we've made and just some of the best times that I've had. And so keep it up. Thank you so much. Impact Wrestling. Oh, I got one more thank you to oh, Robbie. Thank you. Reckless Robbie. Oh, yeah, yes. for filling in last yes. week. Thank you for filling in and leaving the third the third man. Yeah, uh, you did you did a great job. He sounded he? awesome. Dude, he's he really sat, he is amazing. He's the man. Thanks he's again for taking me to Super J Cup. I have to bring that up every episode just to make you guys jealous now. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, now, should we move on to Impact Wrestling? Yes. This uh, is it seems huge. like out of nowhere, they've been given this new lease on life. If you haven't heard, um, somehow Anthem has scrounged together the investors and the funds to buy a majority claim in Access TV. And they're going to be working with Mark Cuban and Steve Harvey. Yeah, but th- this could get them on a better TV show. And I'm yeah. going to gush for a second. Go ahead. Do it. Some of the people on their roster, I want to name a few of them Jordan Grace and Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage. And Sammy Callahan, Moose, Eddie Edwards, and of course Rob Van Dam, among other talents. Ken Shamrock's coming back. Yeah. Um, you got the North. I don't know if you guys have seen much of the North. You got Willie oh, yeah, Mack. You got Rich Swan. This they have a deep, deep roster. I think Jordan Grace and Tessa Blanchard are two of my favorite female wrestlers alive today. Sammy Callahan is probably my favorite wrestler male wrestler today. Brian Cage is amazing. This roster is stacked. They just need the view the viewers. So watch them Friday nights right now they're on Twitch and Pursuit and Pursuit, but yeah. hopefully they'll be going to Axis since now Axis is going to be and the room them. and this is just a rumor, but the rumor is maybe they'll be moving days, possibly to Tuesday. That's going to be an open day in the schedule now. Guys, so. wrestling is in a boom. It is yes, awesome. it is. It, it really is and this is I mean the news just came like like a shock wave to me. Like it was shocking. And I know that there's been rumors that Impact was moving to Access, but to have them just buy the network, like I mean, I think how crazy is that? And I think Scott Demore and Don Callis deserve a huge thank you for resurrecting an almost dead product. Oh, for sure. I mean, Three years ago, if you had asked me, hey, is Impact still even going to be around? I would be hesitant to say, yeah, sure. Dude, they are 17 years old. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's wild. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. 17? Man, people didn't think they were going to get a year year ad. And then after five years, people were like, oh, they're not going to make it much longer. Then after 10 years, you're hearing the same thing. And after 15, you're hearing the same thing. They're still here, and they're kicking ass they're right strong, now. They're going strong. Well, go- honestly, like the whole landscape of wrestling right now, feels like if, if wrestling gods exist and I'm not talking about JBL if they exist they are blessing us better than they ever have before I mean so many companies are on fire oh for sure it's just super exciting so we just wanted to give a quick shout out to them uh, super super exciting and, and uh, again Impact Wrestling right now Pursuit and Twitch Friday nights Rob Van Dam there's Moose you, Tessa Blanchard and Jordan Grace watch Impact yeah like, just watch it I can't it, gush it literally and I, I know like I'm guilty of it too, saying I think I'm going to watch Impact this week. Oh, I missed Impact this week. Well, and, I don't and forget the old TNA stigma that for some reason people still this have. This is a completely different product. So we actually, speaking of, we have Bound for Glory coming up. So you we know, will get, do Bound for Glory. Get familiar this year. with the product because that's going to be a show. We're trying to sprinkle in as much recent stuff as we can. Uh, there's a lot of it going, so it's easy. And uh, in December, keep your eye out for something way different mm-hmm. we're not gonna announce anything yet but keep your eyes open for something way different uh with that being said oh also i want to make sure everybody sticks around to the end not just for the voicemails but we're gonna have a lengthy uh clash of champions discussion before the show on sunday getting our predictions our feelings on the show the which WWE. we will drop a review of clash of champions on and Wednesday. i will have our ta- I, I will be writing down and telling up who the winner is oh competition so we're being scored 
Yes. I love me competition. That kind of spooks me a little bit. So. Yeah, you're going to lose just like you haven't won a poll yet for picking a show. I haven't, but we still get to do mind games. So so, so this show was Unforgiven 2001. Luke, Luke picked it in the poll, so yep. Luke, Luke so and me both have a win Luke's now. guilty for this one. Yep, yep. So my, my reasoning, um, so when this episode drops, it will be on September 11th. Uh, this was the first pay-per-view since the that 9-11 attack. And I, I was just curious... I mean, obviously, they had that tribute show. I think, was it a Monday Night Raw? Um, it, was Raw a, it was a Smackdown, Smackdown I believe, okay, actually. Okay, yeah. And so they had that immediate knee-jerk reaction. I, w- I just wanted to see the, the kind of patriotism they had in this show and, and how they would kind of treat it. If, if it would be mentioned or if it would just be, we're here to watch wrestling and right. have a good time. So Yeah. Um, um, I also want to point out, not every match will have a discussion question tonight. Some of these matches sure. don't. Deserve one. De- yeah. They don't deserve yeah. one. Um, <laughs> I think I okay. So I think we've been a little spoiled since we've come back because we haven't looked. We every show we've looked at has been good, great, or excellent, or amazing. Yeah. Uh, so th- this show isn't that necessarily. Not that it's all bad, but the power of positivity is still here for us. Uh, we found some stuff we liked in the oh, show. Oh yeah, there's stuff to like, and uh, th- I think there's yeah. a lot to like in the general aspect of pro wrestling right now. Oh yeah. Uh, with that being said, in the general aspect of wrestling right now, should we get in a time machine and go back to the year 2001? Let the bodies hit the, the floor. Attitude, the <laughs> the atti- attitude era hangover. Yes, this the attitude era is kind of in the rearview mirror. We have a heel Austin. The alliance is just everywhere. So two, on this show. so two whiffs of storylines. Uh, yeah. I also, th- me and Zach talked about this earlier about how do you consider this the attitude era or the ruthless aggression era? And I think this is the alliance era. Ooh, this was point. kind of, like the they invasion. had kind of. I don't want to say they'd lost their way, but they kind of lost their way at so, this point. So you know how Star Wars has like movies that go in between the main movies. Yeah. So this is like that two point five, like Star Wars two point five. I don't. I don't know. Sure. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm trying well, to get at. This is the Lion well, King one is, and a half. Of, what it is is it's the the passing of the guard hasn't quite happened yet. I mean, yes. we haven't seen we haven't seen Eddie Guerrero take the forefront. We haven't John seen Brock Lesnar and John Cena. John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Randy that's, Orton and that, that was group. Re- that's when it really started. So this is this, right, is, this is like this is a good way of putting it. This is the Attitude Era hangover yes, era. Yes. yes. So let's hit it. Let's hit it. Yeah. So uh, we are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I didn't get an attendance figure. I was, Thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty-five. I also didn't get match times again. I'm not too worried about it. I did those two. Thank you, sir. Um, I gotta say, I I wasn't super stoked on this show, but it's hard to not get invested in something when you have that kick-ass attitude or signature in the beginning. Yes, I feel the same. It way. just gets you like pumped up. Like, it's so much better than that like twinkly like do 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 piano music they have now. Yeah. Uh, I I gotta make a disclaimer before we start the show. Also, oh, go ahead. I really really like the WCW logo here so much so that I was looking for a shirt on eBay today. I like the really? WCW logo here too, actually. I yeah. like it better than the one they went out of business with. Yes, yes. A lot of people True. kind of poo-poo on this, and I love this shirt. I was actually on eBay trying to find nice. a cheap one today. I mean, my favorite WCW logo is the one with Hulkster right up there in the action figure box. The classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we start the show with uh, a very stirring rendition of America the Beautiful. Gen- Jennifer Holiday. This lady is Not really just, the Drew. She is going for it. She is oh man, it's it's uh it's like a mix between Mariah Carey and James Brown. <laughs> Every note is like stretched and thick. It's it's really something. Lots of vibrato. Uh, very patriotic to get the crowd into it. Of course, after the tragedy that had taken place in America, that was nine eleven. People were ready for to show a little patriotic display, and this was one of the only chances in the show he'd get to do that. So they let it happen, uh, and then we get uh, just an amazing video package for this show. Like they. 
credit this might not have been like this might not have been the most impactful pay-per-view uh, of the era certainly but this video package sure made it seem like it because the, there was this epic driving music a lot of good action shots good promos in there just a really cool video package to open it up and then uh Heyman and jr are going to be on the call tonight hot take yeah they damn it i think that Heyman and jr are fi- top five duo they're good, man. They're really good. They're really and good. Heyman was one of the few things that kept me invested in a lot of this stuff tonight. Heyman was on one throughout this entire show, uh, and right off the bat, like you could tell. One of my favorite things about the Heyman Jr. combo is that you can just tell that Paul Heyman is constantly getting under Jr.'s skin. Oh, Jr.'s actually annoying. <laughs> getting constantly. Pissed. Getting pissed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna start right up with a uh, fast-paced, high-octane match, which is going to be. Uh, get ready for some random teams in this match. By the way, we have the Hardy Boys. Yep. Against the Dudley Boys, the, the tag cha- team champions. Yep. And then we have the Hurricane and Lance Storm and Spike Dudley and the Big Show. I don't L- remember either of those teams ever teaming together. Listen. But here we are. Listen. Big Show and all of the and all of the shows we've watched, Big Show's been peak drunk uncle, right? Here he is. He looks jacked. good, dude. He, he I, I made a note scary, of that too. Peak scary uncle. Yeah, he looks good. His here. traps are gigantic. He's not drunk yet. He's still sober in this. In this. Uh, and he lo- hey, him he's and, looking good. Him man. and Spike were a fun team. I loved it. Actually, yeah, I forgot that it happened, but I loved. Yeah, they it. were fun. Uh, this match was actually pretty fun for what it was. I will say uh, a lot of fun spots. They had one spot where everyone was doing jumps to the outside, and then the Big Show got his big ass up on the turnbuckle, but uh, Bubba Ray stopped it. That got a lot of heat from the crowd. This this yes. was the most over match maybe on the card like it was close the main the rock the rock match and the angle match were up there but people were they were hot they were very hot for this um i will say there was a lot of fun stuff in this match lance storm is just the best like he was doing like he had a beautiful drop kick in this match uh he and he and hurricane hit a really cool looking uh double team samoan drop to spike dudley uh However, the first team that gets eliminated is them uh, by a big show choke slam. Yeah, by a big which, show choke slam. Which I do love. I do want to say you can totally tell the Hardys and uh, Shane Helms are best friends. Yeah, like with how they interact with each other, how much fun they were having. Matt was mocking the superhero pose. Exactly. Yeah, he ma- he mocked. And Hurricane's so damn over. A hurricane could work, man. I forgot how good of a worker yeah. he was. Yeah. Um, they are eliminated after a big show choke slam, and then the second. This is elimination match, by the way. Uh, Spike Dudley is soon after that. Uh, how does he get eliminated? Uh, somehow he gets twist oh, of a fate. twist of fate by Matt Hardy. Thank you. Yep. Um, and then after that, like this this match had some pacing problems to me because it's an elimination match. So you start out with all this high octane, really good tag team action, and then you kind of just like hit the reset button once it's down to the Hardys and the Dudleys, and then it just becomes like a standard. The Dudley Boys are playing the heels here, so it's just a standard like heel tag team match. And they didn't seem to work the same style that Dudleys no. and Hardys usually do. And then it just became like a standard. Well, so at, you take so, out weapons, right? So usually the way these matches matches work is you start at a low point and you build up, you build up, you build up, right? This started high and then it just dropped, and then it picked up a little bit at the end. Uh, so it was a little bit of a kind of a not messy, but it it had some some pacing issues for sure. Uh, the end eventually comes. When uh, there's a 3D out of nowhere, but Jeff Hardy breaks out the pinfall with a swanton bomb. Then we get a bubble bomb to Matt while the ref has his back turned, checking on um, Matt. And then Devon rolls over and gets the pinfall, a delayed pinfall, a three count on the bubble bomb, which you don't see very often. No. And the Dudleys retain uh, in... Uh, 14 minutes and 21 seconds. So a lengthy match. Uh, maybe a little too lengthy. Uh, well, I mean, but there were four teams That's true. In this, that's true. And it felt like they hustled through the first yeah, two eliminations. Yeah, that's true. Um... 
everything being said, I give the match 3.25. It was a good, fun opening match. It just did it did take a little bit of a dip once it was down to the final two teams, which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, but it was a hot opener, and the crowd was into it. What did you guys think? I gave it two and three quarters. I thought it was good, but I it got. It, this is going to be a problem I had with some of the matches on the show. It went too long, and I started to notice I was starting to not pay attention as much, uh, which was weird because I love the Dudleys and the Hardys and their chemistry. So it really slowed down, but it was it was fun. Uh, I also gave it two and three quarters. Um, it was these matches are so fun for me. This area of time, this era, I guess, uh, it's so nostalgic. So I miss the Dudley Boys. You could you could see a 3D coming from a mile away. Yeah. And how they did this 3D, uh, I think. It was Devon that jumped in in the last second. Yeah. But as soon as they saw him get up on the apron, the whole crowd. It goes, wasn't even then, dude. It wasn't like, even then. It was as soon as Bubba lifted up uh, Jeff in the in the flapjack position, the crowd started going crazy. Like, it was awesome. And also, um, a weird comment that I have is, I just I still don't get how WWE justifies like the WhatsApp and Shattered Dreams and shit like that. Right. To be fair, the ref's back was turned when they hit the What's Up in this match. Yeah, but they've. I mean, I what mean, about the it. other? What about the other three hundred times? Also, there's a lot of moments that were like should have been DQs in this show for one reason or another, which we'll get to. I also do miss Spike. Yeah, me too. I really miss. He's him. a better Marco stunt man. I'm gonna double down on that. Oh, he's a better Marco stunt. Um, people hate you for that, by the way. Yeah, I, I actually, still say I could fight Marco stunt. By the way, <laughs> I actually have a discussion question for this match. Yeah, let's hear. And it. it's a pick 'em, right? Okay. So, one of these teams stays, and one of these teams go. Like they, Dudleys or Hardys, who do, who do you like more? You have to have one. You only pick one. Oh, Shit. I already man. know mine. I'm the, the Hardys. Uh, I'm picking the Dudleys. I'm picking the Hardys. I'm going the Hardys. Yeah. So, okay. Can I have like add a caveat to this? Can sure. I still have the Hardys but as singles workers? Nope. No. Fuck. Uh, I guess the Hardys. I guess the Hardys then. Because oh. they both they both shine as singles workers. I mean, you... Like, no, this is as a team. This is. A I know. Sing- I know. But okay. I mean, if I can't have them at all, like if we're taking their entire bodies of work, I, I'm, I'm not making sense, but I... I'm trying to make No, sense. I know what you mean. And the Dudleys are so hard to leave off. Yeah. But, I no, mean, definitely. But that's I'm, a really hard question, But the Hardys dude. just have more iconic moments. Yeah, just really exactly. That's, that's this is one of the few matches that monkeys. I had a good discussion about. That was good. Uh, shall we move on? Oh, please. Oh, this is not good. So, RVD and Stephanie McMahon have... If you thought the Eric Bischoff, Stephanie McMahon stuff from SummerSlam 2002 was awkward, this is like high... This is So, that was high school acting. This is middle school acting. Stephanie was terrible. RVD was terrible here. RVD wasn't trying. He forgot his lines. Apparently... Guaranteed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Apparently, he was stoned. Basically, yes. uh, Stephanie's like kind of coming on to him like, if there's anything I can do to help you uh, retain Chris that... Jericho. To beat Chris Jericho tonight... Again, it's playing off the Alliance versus the WWF stuff. Uh, like, just let me know. But it's it's so bad. And then and then we go from one awkward segment directly to another awkward segment because Michael Cole is like crouched behind the barricade, like yeah. like hiding, and he's interviewing Kurt Angle's family. It's kind of uh, it's kind of frosted tips, Michael Cole. Yes, frosted tips, Michael Cole. It's kind of cute, but it's also kind of awkward. Like Kurt Angle's mom's just like he's gonna win the belt. Uh, and then we go to our next match. I just want you all to know, Zach uses that same voice when he's talking about his mom, his wife, or his daughters. Or my cats. That's or any kids in general. Or any impression. That's my second... I only have two voices. Yeah, he's been doing this. Like <laughs> We've hung out a couple times for every week for the last few weeks. And every time he's telling a story in a, a woman's voice, he does this. And Not it's even hilarious. a woman's voice. Um, one th- well, Before we move on, I do want to say that these Steph promos... Just They're so sh- bad. In hindsight, dude. they had me shaking my head like Vince. What you, you the, really had? You really were hoeing out your daughter, and she's like like twenty four here. I think she said she said she's turning twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was not good. Uh, it was awkward. It was weird sexual tension. Just I don't need it. 
Uh, up next, speaking of sexual tension, we're going to get uh, Raven accompanied to the ring by Terry Runnels. What about the video package? Perry Saturn. Yeah, there was a video package. It was hey, fine. They put Moppy in a wood chipper, damn it. Yeah, this this that was a story that hit home with me when I was younger. I was a big Moppy mark. <sighs> Raven. They, I loved Moppy. Raven, that too. jerk. Um, So this match... Is for the honor and pride of Moppy, essentially. R.I.P. Uh, they basically had a feud over a mop, which, hey, it's better than some feuds. Uh, I will say one thing. Terry Reynolds, uh, she could cut... She could. I must have been cold in the arena because she could have cut oh. diamonds with her assets. Mm. Uh, because, bosoms. Yeah, bosoms were out and about <laughs> in this match. Uh, I don't remember why Terry was with Raven. Who cares? She accompanied him to ringside. She Terry got involved always- a couple times. Uh, and one of those times was directly in front of the referee who just didn't give a shit. Should have been a disqualification because mm-hmm. she got physical with Perry Saturn and actually physically pulled him off the apron. And uh, the ref, right in front of the ref, he didn't care. This match was bizarre because it started off pretty hot. Like, the crowd was dead for it the whole time, but it started off like they were hitting moves, they were having fun, they were flying around, and then suddenly... They about, got gassed. About they- four minutes in, both guys got Gassed. I was about to say, you know why? Because Saturn got blown up big time. Saturn, especially Saturn, was gassed I mean, at the-, the end of this match, dude. What happened here? And the match, unfortunately, just fell apart after that. Uh, Saturn was missing counters. He wasn't sailing properly. He got hard weight yeah. as well. Yeah, so, by the way, this the theme of this show was, it, it was in almost way. every match, somebody's bleeding from their eye. Yep. It yes. started with Saturn, and we'll see it a couple more times, too. Uh, all hard ways, except for Austin's later, but... Uh, yeah, this match fell apart, unfortunately. I, I really wanted to like it. Uh, there's a couple other issues with it. Uh, pretty much after the Cobra Clutch spot, it fell apart. Because Raven had a really... Which, I love the Cobra Clutch. But it was, way, it was way too early in the match. Yeah. And it was like a dead spot. And after that, that seemed to be the moment that killed Saturn's momentum for the rest of the match. I gave it two stars, and that's being generous. Well, and that and the finish just felt so awkward and slow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I should get to the finish. Uh, uh, Perry Saturn basically hits the drift away. Like twisting the, fisherman suplex, yep. which is not as it's a DDT, but that's okay. Was it? Yeah, kinda. I mean, I, it didn't really. Did you I think wrote of, twist twisting fisherman suplex. That's what Jr. called it. I just called yeah. it drift away. Uh, and he wins Suck by pinfall. It. Perry Saturn does in uh, 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 five minutes and seven seconds. And, it felt like twenty minutes. And yes. you gave it two. I gave it two, and that's being generous. I gave it two and a quarter. Um, and Ooh, I, I tried because you're a Raven Mark. It's because I'm a Raven Mark. Yeah. And I I really did like the beginning, but then it just died. It just died. Yeah, uh, a star and three quarters. I mean, they looked good physically, but then the bell... Well, I shouldn't say then the bell rang, because they did have a first... Like, those first two minutes... The first few minutes were very entertaining. But you really think about it. I mean, you said after, like, four minutes they were gassed. Really, it was after, like, two and a half. Yeah, because the whole match was five five minutes. minutes. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I would almost recommend watching this just to see how much Perry Saturn falls off the cliff. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. And these are not bad workers. No, these no. are great workers. And these, this was the match I was probably most excited about going into the show. What? Yeah. These are two of my favorites, man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it was not It was not no, a pleasant just, just Raven and WWF was just a His theme song was dope, though. A lot of good theme songs on this show. We'll get we'll get to some true. of them here after this. So after that... Oh, did you guys both... Yeah, you guys all gave your ratings. We good. Uh, up next, Lillian Garcia is backstage interviewing a very young Christian. Uh, and Lil- Lillian is, does not have it here. She is not the best interviewer. No. She she, she's a typical she backstage WWE female interviewer, though. And Christian in his red mess, mesh shirt. Yeah, Christian's got his mesh see-through shirt on, and uh, he does cut a pretty decent promo. Uh, just how weird is it, though, to like that they're still keeping up the brother thing? Like, It's so hard for me to buy for some reason. 
just because everything that's how ha- i think hindsight's done yeah, a lot to it yeah. and we have so many good real life brother feuds that we can draw off of like it was hard for me to get invested in the storyline watching this show so basically christian and edge have split and christian is going to get revenge on his brother by taking because his christian's been jealous yeah and he's going to um, take the icy title from edge you know says. what the best part of the video package was what christian okay i'm going to say right now okay the video package was really good uh also the uh christian's theme song is my favorite christian theme At song of all time no no dude the tna theme song was no, always dude, my favorite i'll take this one i used to jam this one i or used to have the ploop. Waterproof blonde. Do you guys remember the? Uh, mm. Do you guys remember the three CD like the anthology? The yeah, WWE of set? course. I I used to listen on my Walkman to the Christian theme song on the <laughs> over and over Your Walkman and over again. I loved that song. Still do. Uh, this is going to be Christian versus Edge for the Intercontinental Championship. By the way, almost every match on this show is a title match, but they also had 700 titles at the time because yes. they had all of WWE's titles and all of WCW's titles. I guess WWF, sorry. Uh, but this is for the, in- the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Which Edge has? Uh, yes. Uh, and by the way, like I said, favorite Christian song ever. Don't at me. Uh, also, <laughs> Edge, Edge with the Rob Zombie, second favorite Edge song ever. Oh, yes. Uh Behind which one? Current one. Oh yeah. Um, Alter Bridge, baby. Thank you. Thank you. That was really good. Thanks. Um, So, I gotta say, I wanted to like this match more than I liked it. Uh, I don't know. There's something about this match that just felt off to me. Um, Was it that Christian was going for a concerto in the middle of the match and nothing was happening to him, like getting in trouble or anything? uh, That didn't. That helped. That didn't help. But it was just like there was a lot of downtime in this match. There were two double downs in this match within the first ten minutes of it. I don't know how long the match was, but. Like, that's strange to me that, like, these two young workers are having to do two... Like, there's a lot of dead air in this match to me. Uh, Which and is crazy because, like, these two... and they'll Two be of the, the best one. workers you'll ever well, find. cardio-wise. Like, they don't get yeah. blown up, especially Christian. Um, and they really weren't and blown they weren't up. Blown blown up. No, it wasn't no. that. It wasn't a cardio issue it at pacing. all. It was pacing. It was just a pa- another pacing issue where the mats just would fall flat for me, in the, especially in the middle. Um, eventually, the, the end does come where... Uh, Christian blatantly tries doing a one-man concerto. The ref is just watching it like an idiot. Uh, and then Edge decides he's going to try. The ref takes the chair from Edge, turns his back. This is a spot you don't see very often. Christian hits hits Edge in the cock with, like... Another chair. The leg of a chair. Yeah. <laughs> which is something you don't see super often. And that actually leads uh, to the end of the match. And Christian's going to win the IC title in... 11 minutes and 53 seconds. I gave the match 2.75. Like I said, I wanted to like it more, but I mm. can't do any better than that. Wow. Also, um, this match had no crowd heat at all. No. The crowd was dead for this match. Also, uh, I gave it three stars. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I really was a huge fan of the ending. I thought the ending was fantastically done. I like the ending as well. But I, I didn't like that Christian was going for a concerto and right the ref was just watching. Ref. Also, Edge a lot got, of ref issues on this show. Edge Edge's eye got busted open. Got hard this. way. Yep, another hard way. But three stars. I expected a lot more. I, this is something I've been saying on a lot of shows lately. Like, there, there's more that can be done with these two participants. Yeah, and it just it just didn't get there. But yeah, three stars. I liked it. Uh, and I loved the finish. Um, also give it three stars. Liked the finish. But what I really liked more was the um, when Christian was holding the chair for the concerto and Edge sweeps the leg. Oh, like, oh and he yeah. ends up hitting himself. That was cool. Yeah. I really love that spot. Also, it's weird seeing Christian kind of in his Edge had his own gimmick. Like at yeah, this point. Yeah. Like Christian, besides being jealous, he's like, just being Christian. As far as his attire, like they didn't change anything. Yeah, he's still dressed like he's they're still dressed like tag team partners, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um no discussion for this one either, but WWE needs to put Christian in the Hall of Fame this year. Oh, absolutely. Correct. Get that man in the Hall of Without Fame. Without question. 
Uh, up next, we cut to the announcers for a brief moment, and Paul Heyman is out of control. He won't stop clapping. He's getting in JR's face. <laughs> JR's getting pissed. Like, you can see it in his eyes. I just had to make a note of that. I thought it was pretty funny. What's the next match? Oh, boy. we get next, Up next is going to be Chronic. Chronic, Chronic, Chronic. That caught me off guard when that music started. I was like, what was this? Yes, Kyle. Well, keep you Say heard what the matches. Oh, Chronic versus the Brothers Brothers of Destruction for the WCW Tag Team Championships. And Undertaker's music is a WWE's favorite band, Limp Bizkit. I, I wrote down, and this was for you. I wrote down, uh, this is verbatim. Oh, yeah, Limp Bizkit time. Which, <laughs> funny that you'll say this, and I'll say this, Limp Bizkit was the best part of this match. Limp Bizkit oh. was legitimately the best part of this match. Um, I do just to give you any sort of backstory. Stevie Richards is mad at Undertaker. Yeah, thank you. Because he had a part in breaking up the right. Yeah, to he censor. helped break up the RTC. So he he uh, apparently he recruited Chronic. Endless Chronic. Of all the people you would recruit in the world, why would you recruit Chronic? Because they were a big deal at the end of WWE. This just proves that, like back, especially like in the before this, but even in this time too, if you were big and cut. And you had some wrestling training, you were gonna be a And you they used were to gonna, have you, terrible gimmicks. You were gonna get a push. Yeah, by the way, Crush so, and Atom Bomb. Crush and Atom Bomb. And he was and uh also Wrath, who was the, you might know as the final boss oh, in WCW God. NWO uh World Tour. Uh yeah. he was the final unlockable character there in that you game. Go. I'd never Now was we're like, throwing it back to the that was late peak, that was peak childhood disappointment for me. Like yep. I played this entire game and I fucking get wrath. Are you joking me? Well Are you joking you me gotta right be now? Joking me. Sorry about that. Yeah. I just it's still well, it still hurts. WCW NWO Revenge was a better game. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. But I'll tell you what's not good. I don't want to talk about this match if you guys can't tell. So this match, this match fucking sucks. Pardon my French, but it sucks. Hey, You're pal. dropping a lot of f bombs tonight, pal. Yeah. You, yeah. You good? I'm mean, fine. I just hate this match. Okay. Uh, okay. I, can I say something else that's not related to the match? <laughs> you sure? There's a sign in the in the in the crowd that just really resonates with my heart. And just shows us what a t- what what a time to be alive 2001 was because we have a sign that says Feminem, which is a play on Eminem. Feminem fears ICP. Which and they if had that's, a feud at this time. Yeah, if that's yeah. just not like the most 2001 thing I've ever seen. Uh, there's really nothing to say about this match. It was really Chronic bad. just can't work. And Chronic, Chronic can't, can't sell. sell. They can't wrestle. Undertaker and Kane, like at first they were trying, and then they were just they, like they, they by just the end gave of the up. match, yeah. They just potatoed him. Also, they, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot how squishy Taker was when he first came back. And I'm, also, a sque- and I'm a squishy guy, so I can say it. Sure. I got plenty of squish. He was a little squishy well, when he, when came he first back came first. out in the American Badass in the denim jacket, he little, especially a little, little squishy. You know um, who looked good though? Who? Steven Richards. Steven Richards was dressed like Steven Seagal, and I mean that in the best way possible. No, but he he looked he looked really good. I do want to say Taker had an American flag on his stomach on his little tank top, and he was over, and he got the biggest pop in the match was when he hit the old school. Yeah. Otherwise, this match really had no heat. Uh, eventually, Taker hits Clark with a choke slam, and the Brother of Destruction went by pinfall. And if you watch closely, uh, right before that choke slam, Taker is just really irritated and drops an f bomb. Oh, I did I not see totally that. I understand why. This I was I was reading it. some facts about the show, and it said go back and watch it. So I I rewound it till I found that spot, and then I was like, oh, here he goes, and you can just see it on his lips. I was paying attention for it, but I missed it. So what'd you give it? Uh, one star. It was awful. Wow, you overrated it. I gave it a half star. <laughs> it was it was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Worse than Phineas and uh... no. Okay. What'd you give it, Luke? Uh, I give it one star. It was uh, bad, man. It, uh, the, the only reason I even gave it one was because Undertaker was over. I gave it a half star because of the Lent Biscuit entrance. Here's here's <laughs> uh, here's my little tidbit I put. I said I love the Brothers of Destruction so much, and they're not perfect, but Chronic just sucks, man. Um, yeah, they're they're so bad. Oh, this was dude. ten minutes and twenty two seconds of garbage, by the way. Ten minutes. I just also want to say, why did this match get ten minutes and the U.S. title match later in the show got like four? 
Um, I, I just want to say that if we went outside right now mm. and I pretended to hit Luke, he could sell better than Chronic. Yes. Literally. Yes, and they've they, been in they, the business for forever, too. They did not. Like, like they Adam, did not try. Adam Bomb must have some kind of, like, he must have, like, lewd photos of, like, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff. <laughs> That's the only way he stayed in so, wrestling. For um, so, one I, got fired right after this, and the other got sent down to HWA, which was, like, the old NXT Nice, but so okay. I, I I read something that was super similar that Taker and Kane were so pissed with how bad they were that they complained, and WWF said, "Okay, we're going to send you to developmental." Wow. And then what I read was that Chronic refused, and they were both one released. refused, okay. one went, and, and the other one got released later. And then they Classic. went to Japan, like and not long I, after this. One went, they went to Japan, and they had matches with like Mudo and Goldberg over there. That's wild. Did they suck still? I have no idea. I'm sure them. they still did. Oh, you know what the best part of this match was besides Limp Biscuit? What? Stevie Richards doing his best Jim Carrey impression. Dude, the end of this match, Stephen Richards was out of control. Yeah. So basically what happens, he's in the middle of the ring. He's surrounded by Kane on one side and Taker on the other. Jim Ross had just the classic Jim Ross call. His mouth is so big, he's got three lips. That popped me. And then he gets beat up. <laughs> I and that's him. the end of that. Uh, no, I'm guessing there's no discussion topic for this No, I, I wrote yeah, This doesn't awful. even deserve one. Uh, up next... Uh, we get a backstage segment. Shane and Booker T are getting hyped up for their match, basically saying uh, Shane's, of course, teamed. He's the owner of WCW in kayfabe, and he's telling Booker T, you have to bring the WCW championship back from The Rock and bring it back to WCW. Taz comes, shows up and uh, showing some support. And at this point, they've just neutered Taz's character so bad. He, like, oh. Can you imagine him cutting a promo like this in ECW? No, he, lo- he looks just like a little lap dog. He does, and then basically he gets bossed around by Shane McMahon. Like it's it's Kevin Owens. It's like Kevin Owens apologizing to him on SmackDown a few weeks ago. It's like that level of cringe. It's pathetic. It's bad. Uh, uh, oh, and we got more it. bad stuff coming up. Oh yeah, and after that, this was ridiculous. So she's Stephanie Mc, she pronouns pal. Thank you. Stephanie McMahon is walking backstage. And if I wish you could see the walking motion I'm doing, but this is a podcast, so you can't. So she's just doing her thing. She's walking backstage, and then she runs into Coach, and it was Coach, right? Yes. I thought it was Coach. And she was like, where's RVD's locker room? I got to talk to him. And he's like, I think it's number five. So she's like, all right. And she just happens to be right next to number five, which is very convenient. Two doors down. So she knocks on the door, and she's cutting the promo on RVD. Like, she's like... Like, from outside of the door. It's my birthday, and... You know what I really want for my birthday is you to beat Chris Jericho's ass, and the camera pans over. Can can I got some quotes? Do you? Yeah, please. Okay, so Jericho's right there, behind right behind him. him. Just, wah, wah. just <laughs> just leaned it on the wall, and then classic O one Jericho Steph bit where uh, Jericho He's says, going hard on birthday. Steph here. How old are you gonna be? 37, 38? And she says, I'm going to be twenty five. And he says, No, no, no. I asked you how old you are, not how many men you've been with this week. Classic. <laughs> And then he also offers he he offers to bring balloons to her birthday party, but he sees that she's already got them equipped. <laughs> and he wishes her the breast of luck. And then after that, it's obvious that nobody was in that locker room because RVD is waiting in gorilla position for his music to play, and I started screaming when that happened. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, what's the irate. point? You think somebody would know he's not in the locker room. Uh, but anyways, I don't want that to take away from what is easily my match of the night, which is going to be Rob Van Dam versus Chris Jericho for the WWF Hardcore Championship. I'm going to say it right off the bat. This match is fantastic. This is the match of the if night. If you're going to watch a match of the uh, a match from this show, in my opinion, this is the one to watch. So, if and, anybody disagrees with you, they're wrong because this I is the was, best match. I of the was card. starving for like a real pay per view match because all the other matches on the show to this point had been like really good to bad TV matches. This not only was a pay per view match, this felt like it could have been a pay per view main event. I agree. This match was fantastic. These guys beat the ever-loving hell out of each other. 
RVD was kicking Chris Jericho like it was a real life fight. At one point, he kicked him so hard his eyes busted open again. Another busted eye. Uh, but man, these guys brought ladder. It's a hardcore match. Miss so Miss Lion Salts, Miss Frog Splashes. Yeah. They're going hard. They're climbing on top of ladders. Chris Jericho at one point hit like a reverse walls of Jericho on the ladder, which we oh, just yep. saw in AEW, didn't we? Uh, uh, the Young Bucks did it to yes. one of the Lucha Bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Chris Jericho did that spot to RVD, and then he just throws them off the ladder. They're hitting each other with ladders. They're running into steel steps. They're flying on barricades. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. And they're and not only are they beat like this match had everything. It had weapon spots. They're beating each other up. It had good technical wrestling in the beginning. A yep. lot of really fun sequences. This match was awesome. Is there anything specific you guys wanted to mention that you took note of? Because the, there's a lot the that ending. I wrote down. The ending with the. Uh, when Stephanie grabs a chair and yeah, so Stephanie comes out. She grabs a chair. I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, she goes like, she's to hit gonna Jericho. hit Jericho. Jericho takes the chair and Jericho's swinging for the fence. It's a good thing Stephanie moved in time. Dude, he bent the shit out of that. Yeah. Chair. And then Van Dam hits the Van Daminator. Yep. Followed by the five star frog splash. What'd you give it? I give it four stars. RVD retains by pinfall in. Uh, 16 minutes, 33 seconds. I give it four stars. Match of the night for me. Up to this point, for sure. And probably a match of the night in retrospect, too. Easy. Uh, four stars as well. Uh, it's cool seeing the former Impact champion, Rob Van Dam, versus the current AEW champion, Chris Jericho, in a WWE match. I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun with all these it fun wrestling. In all seriousness, that felt like a very, like... ECW It felt like match. an ECW main event. Yeah. In a good, in the best way. They were, they were going hard. Both these guys put everything on the line. Uh... One thing I really liked was the Stephanie interference wasn't too much. It was perfect. Like, she came out there, uh, helped RVD get the win, cost Jericho the match, and there you left. Go. Yep. So, Kyle, <laughs> you set the precedent for anyone who disagreed was wrong. So here I am, apparently wrong. I gave it... I gave it three and three quarters, and here's why. I what abs- what I, match is better than this? He's going to give the damn Austin yeah, match four yeah, stars. Because, I told because, you. Because, oh, 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 you oh my God. Oh, oh we knew oh, you sir. were going to overrate that. That's just that. so yep. funny. Yep. Because I told Kyle before yep. he got here, I said he's going to give that match four well, stars. Well, you know what, damn it? If Kyle can overrate the fucking Raven match, all right, <laughs> I, I can oh. overrate the Austin match. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, listen. I knew you were going to The only reason, here's what I said, and this rating was before the Austin match. I ever even watched it. The only reason is in the beginning, it started off and moves just weren't connect. Like, there was just some miscues. It felt like it felt like there was. I know that they were beating the hell out of each other. Like I for it was most fine. of the match, there's a big miscue between Austin Angle and the fans for most of that match. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Uh, so you gave it what three point seven five? Yep. Yeah, but it was I. I loved it. I yeah, really it was did. great. Uh, that's just so funny. I knew I could. Oh, we call I have that. you, bro. Pegged. Bro, you almost jumped out of the house. I, I almost jumped out the window. Yeah, you shook all the bobbleheads. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a stress test for your sports room here. Oh boy. Uh, sorry, Tana, uh, for that yelling. And sorry to your neighbors, I guess. Yeah, I don't care about them. Uh, up next, Shane and Booker again for some reason. And they literally pretty much said no. they said the same thing they said last time. This time, except they said they were going to be on each other's team, and then Booker leaves, and Shane McMahon's like. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to be the WCW champion. Uh, and I just like, in general, I, ha- I have a hard time getting into handicap matches for singles titles because it just kind of like, it kind of opens up the the door for like, Some I don't know. Bullshit. Logical problems, which if, if you want logical problems, this is the match for you. Which also, this match is I a disaster. can't stand <laughs> handicap matches that aren't Tornado. 
I can't yeah, me too, stand man. tag like, handicaps. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, but that being said, this is Shane O'Mac uh, teaming with Booker T versus The Rock for the WCW for the Championship gold. that The Rock is currently holding. The crowd, by the way, super hot for The Rock. Uh, yes, like he is his star is is, is as high maybe as it, as it is. Which is crazy because like within what a, a year or two they turned on him. Yeah, once he once once he started being in movies. Um, I will say for whatever reason it really bothered me that The Rock was dragging Big Gold out. Oh well, I think that was kind of the point though. I guess yeah, since it's like WWE, he's like he's like yeah, he's yeah. like but, the Naito of but WWF. To be fair, he never he always kind of did stuff like that with belts. Yes, he was yes. never like like I remember him like distinctively flipping flopping the always, WWF belt always. around. That's, However, that's a good always point. something that drove me nuts too. That's it just point. feels weird. like it's the big gold. No, that's a, that's, like a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Okay, thanks, Dad. That's a good point. Um, so. I really. This is another match that I wanted to like, and the in-ring stuff was fine. Yeah. But there was some capital B bullshit in this match. Uh. So there's. It's okay to overbook a match. Okay? Right. It's okay to overbook a match. I just wanted to get that out of the way because a lot of a lot of internet, the stuffy internet fans think that it, every match has to just be like a pure wrestling Dave Meltzer match. That's not true. It's totally fine to overbook matches. We gushed about Cody and Sean Spears, which was overbooked last week. This is the wrong way to overbook However, a match. However, you know what? You know how you overbook a match? How? You put Nick Patrick I'm so in glad the match. It. So I'm gonna just going to start FNP. there. So Nick Patrick, a WCW referee, is refereeing the match that is going to bring the WCW belt back to WCW. And I'm gonna, I told this to Zach in the car. The WWF and the WCW titles, if they were being defended between the brands, needed a special like yeah. neutral referee like Mick Foley or somebody to or be in there, else. like a, like a, or William Regal, like a commissioner yeah, figure, yeah, in there. So one ref didn't cheat for the other Instead, side. Instead, we got Nick Patrick and who was turning his back on illegal stuff. Yeah. So I have a few issues with this. So uh, let's get to my tier, my tier list of issues. Um, and this might be more of a nitpick, but I'll start with it, and we'll get to the more serious offenses after this. So, Jr. and Heyman were really selling the fact, or mostly Jr. because he's the babyface here, is selling the fact that man, like I can't believe they let Nick Patrick off the match. He's clearly, you know, on the side of WCW. But what he failed to mention was he had a he had a laundry list of history he could have gotten into with Nick Patrick being the corrupt NWO referee. Didn't touch on any of that. I mean, I know a lot of the fans... Well, because that would require bringing up NWO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, a little bit of context there. Like, you could have said he has a history of being a corrupt referee, because he does. Didn't bring up any of that. That's a nitpick, granted. Sure. No, I agree, The thing though. that's not a nitpick is if he's going to be a crooked referee, why wouldn't he just fast count for Booker right. T or Shane? He just kept turning his back on them cheating. Yeah. Or, or just looking at Shane saying, no, stop. Yeah, like anything. All he It just made him look incompetent because everybody was breaking the rules in front of him and he was fine with it. Well, he is incompetent. Uh, and eventually, right when The Rock has the match won, he's handing out rock bottoms to everybody left and right. Here comes Test of all people. Alliance. He's part of the Alliance, that's right. He runs out and he just starts laying the lumber. He killed The Rock with a big boot outside. And then Bradshaw. And then Bradshaw comes out. Big and he, pop. He chases and uh, we Test know away. Bradshaw was out here because he cut that passionate promo right, right after 9-11. Yep. Yep. And Which is fine. They're capitalizing on the American spirit with that. So had 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 the shenanigans stopped there, I'd have been fine with it. I would have been okay with that. Oh, but they the, didn't. The Nick Patrick thing would have bugged me regardless. After that, Mike Kyoto of all people runs out, and he's given uh, he's given Nick Patrick the business. He even pulls Nick Patrick out of the ring and breaks up a pin, which should have been a disqualification. 
uh, because he's not the official of the match. And then both refs kind of fight with each other, and they both get taken out by the other team. And then Rock hits a rock bottom on Booker T, I believe. Yep, and Earl Hebner runs out. Earl Hebner runs out to count the three, and The Rock wins and retains via pinfall in. And, oh, did I not get it? Shit. It was like 15, 20 minutes, yeah, probably. Yeah, something like that. Uh, wasn't a good match. It was a fine match. Yeah, yeah. It was What'd just, you give it? It just had too many shenanigans. I give it 2.25. Oh, I gave it two and three Whoa. quarters because the match wasn't terrible. No, just the overbooking drove me nuts, and I could have I could have been fine with the JBL test stuff, but once the refs started getting involved, yeah, I was, it really drug it not down for, for me, me, dog. It really drug it down for me. What'd you give it, Luke? Well, and, and we forgot to mention that Kyoto and Patrick are down, and then Hebner comes out. Yeah, and we, then we mentioned that. yeah, we mentioned oh, that. You? Yeah. Oh, one thing, one thing that yeah. you've mentioned before. That drives us nuts. Booker T once again was laying on the mat for an hour before he got covered and still got yeah, that's pinned true. Oh, for the three sorry. count. Uh, yeah, he had to because Hebner had to run all the way from catering yes. to come <laughs> to come to count the pin. Sandwich ball. hanging out of his mouth. This so was not. This did not boost my ass. Uh, three stars. I mean, the, the, like he said, the match itself was solid, yeah, the but the invasion fine. gimmick stuff got a little bit too much. And by the way, invasion the pay per view was two months before this. It bombed, and yet they still insisted. I mean, they had content. they were pushing so the invasion. Let's just so get this hard. out of the way now. Yeah. Okay. The alliance, mm. like this invasion angle, like it was a disaster, right? Yeah. Like I understand I, that you didn't have a lot of your key main event players yeah. in WCW. I get that, and that they were going to set out their contracts. Rightfully so, by the way. Yes. I don't blame any. I don't blame the Hogans, the Steiners, any of those guys for doing why that. Why rush it? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So you have a start, right? You have the Dudley Boys. You have Rob Van Dam. You have Booker T. That's a start. Oh yeah. That's a start. And Diamond Dallas Page too, until they completely ruined him. Yeah. But why not? Go- WWE has all the money in the world, right? Yeah. Why not go pay Hogan and Goldberg and Steiner more than they're sitting out for to get them to come back and make this believable? Or buy out their contracts. Well, I think that they were making more than anyone else, in the, like yeah, any probably. WWF superstar. Yeah. So that right. would have just opened a can of worms. But they could have paid them. Can you imagine? A sh- because you'd end up turning Angle and Stone Cold onto Team WCW, right? Like they joined the Alliance. Can you imagine a team of like Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, uh? Kane, Undertaker, yeah. and Chris Jericho versus Hogan, Sting, Steiner, Goldberg, yeah. Steiner, and Diamond Dallas Page or something like that, or Rob Van Dam or something like that. But like even beyond just the personnel problems, I think the problem with the whole invasion angle to me was just like... Based on the McMahons? The McMahons got way too involved. You had WWF guys, for some reason, going to the other side... Didn't make a ton of sense there. Like Austin, for example. Why? Why? Because they needed star power on that side because they... they yeah, were, that's true. They jumped the gun too But, quick. like, they also didn't, and he like... Was a bad guy. They had all... Like, by the time they bought WCW, they had all this library of footage and all this history, and they didn't tap into that at all. You could have done something... At some, all! You could have done right. something with, like, you know, Sting attacking The Undertaker one week yeah. and Goldberg attacking Austin the next and the NWO destroying, like, The Rock one week and then... It all comes to the big show where they all fight each other. Yeah. And so, go ahead, sorry. Multiple uh, dream matches happen right there, and all they had to do was just start handing out money like they eventually did anyways. Yeah. Well, here's how I feel about that. Logistically, they're all going to want more money than every WWF superstar on the roster currently. Like, like not currently, but in that, that, in that time. And then everyone else would have been like, what the hell? I'm your top guy. Why yeah, that would have opened up a can so, of worms. So logistically, I get it. You could wait. However, but I think that since WCW got bought out, they they needed to capitalize on it right then and there. But I think also you're a monopoly now. Yeah. There's no competition. Correct. You are a billion dollar company, 
you're paying all your lower level talent next to nothing. You pay them. Just get it out there. More people are going to buy your product to see Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin sure. and Sting versus The Undertaker. Can you imagine just like if they had been able to make get that done? What what oh would what God. would the trajectory? The company could have changed forever. That would have been a year long angle. Yeah, making millions of dollars. But instead, we got Chronic versus the Brothers of Destruction. Chronic. Yeah, instead we got we got Chronic and Taz being a wimp and yeah Diamond Dallas and Page Chuck being Palumbo. a stalker. Um, up next, we have uh, so Tajiri is is talking to. Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Regal, Regal and uh, he he's with for some reason. Tori Wilson is like really into him. Yeah, because to, no, Tajiri and uh, Tori had like a thing for yeah. a while. So, also, if you uh, product placement in this, I didn't segment, Kurt Angle's book is the main book on uh, the library of William Regal's desk. There's like oh, really? there's like seven books. Oh, and one nice. was like a Bible, and one was something nice. else. And then Kurt Angle's book was nice. right in the middle. That's cool. Tajiri and William Regal, amazing chemistry. Oh yeah. So basically, Tajiri is like in his own broken English way, begging for the match against Rhino to go on, even though he has hurt ribs. Regal is just like and bring Tori. Yeah, he's him. like, I really want to bring Tori, and he's like, Oh, you guys like each other, whatever. Like, get out of my office. And that's that. And then we get to see Stacy Keebler shaving her legs, and then we get to the match. That was that was such a weird cutaway. So weird. So they cut to WWF New York, and like I thought it was gonna be like an ad or product placement. Nope, it's just Stacey Keebler shaving her legs in the bathtub, and and then we go back with a random dude on stage, and then we go back to the arena. I'm like, well, that was definitely needed on this show, uh, and the match is going to be Rhino versus Tajiri, who is the current WCW tel- or US, US champion, yep. and this is for the title. Uh, let me just say, what we got of this match was awesome. And I'm going to stress on saying what we got of this match, because as soon as they got out of the blocks and the match started picking up, it ended uh, with a gore. Uh, Tajiri gets gored, and Rhino wins by pinfall in. Apparently, at some point, I just stopped taking time. Okay. It was like three minutes. Yeah. Uh, what the heck happened here? The, the, this pay-per-view only went two and a half hours. It's not like they had to cut time. I would have loved to have seen a 10-15 minute match between these two, especially st- telling the story they were telling about Tajiri and his ribs because at one point he couldn't get the tarantula. Obviously, he was open to the, the gore. gore. was brutal, though. It was. Um, at one point, they teased a gore to Tori Wilson after she got in the ring. And, and then uh, Tajiri buzzsawed him as a counter. Right in the face. That was sick. The match was four minutes of 50 seconds, by the way. There you go. I was just... just so to have it that... Not only does it devalue your title because of the title change. I don't understand if the title hadn't changed and it was the roll-up, but to have, like... Like, what does that say about Tajiri, and what does that say about your title? This is, was a title match, and it... I don't know. What we got was good. I gave it two stars just because it was way too short. I gave it two stars. What ha- like what happened in that match was actually really good. The gore yeah. was brutal, but it wasn't enough for me, dog. But at least we got a Paul Heyman gore call. Yeah. yeah two two stars. I, you can't give it more than I that. Could, I really wanted to, because what I saw, I yeah. really liked. This made me want to see a, that 20-minute match between these two, 15-minute well, match. I was about to say 20. I, Rhino, I could, come, Rhino I, couldn't do I, I came down a little Hold bit. Hold your damn horses. Yeah, sorry about that. You're, uh, even on, t- even you're a, on one. I'm today. on one. Even a 10-minute match, you know? Hello? Hello? At any rate, we'll just move on. The, sorry why, is, why is Earthquake's music playing? <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now, but uh, let's address it. Okay, we are back and up and running. Sorry about the technical difficulty there. My mic broke. Uh, old old Gray is uh, going to the microphone graveyard. Uh, so 
You did, you did us good, old Gray. Uh, with that being said, shall we get back in? Now Kyle show? sounds like he's in a cave. Yep, let's get to the Stone Cold versus Kurt Angle. Yeah, the main event. We do get another really good video package for this one. And a one. really bad dubbed song for Stone Cold. Oh, man, it makes yeah, me what? sad. Yeah, we couldn't get the Disturbed? We couldn't get couldn't to pay, pay for, for the license, man. Yeah, yeah. It makes me want to watch Which it on I, DVD. I miss that Disturbed song. And this I, also had a big fight off. feel to it. Oh, yeah. It did. Because basically, this match was like the tale of two matches to me. There was the match when they're outside of the ring fighting. And then there's the match when they're inside the ring rest holding and punching. That's like the tale of two matches, right? Because most of this match was like this wild, crazy brawl where they're... At one point, Angle pushes Austin off the stage and Austin sells like he's dead. And then uh, Angle's peeling back mats. Uh, Austin's throwing Angle through the announce table, over announce tables. Like the, All the stuff outside was really good. But then when they get, would get to the ring, it would just kind of slow down. And obviously they have to rest a little bit, but it just, it was too long. I think that was my main issue with this match. I, it's not like I hated the match. It was fun and it was a spectacle and it was uh, fine. Kurt Angle ended up winning the match uh, after a really, the ending exchange of the match was really, really good. Uh, they're going back and forth. They trade finishers at one point. Uh, Austin hits an angle slam. Uh, angle hits a stunner, both for near falls. And then a brutal pile driver to angle, which so, leads to an ankle lock. I do want to say, I love how dramatic that was at the end because yeah, Stone Cold kept trying to go for the pile driver. Angle would block it, and then Stone Cold would beat him down like mercilessly yeah. in the back. Yeah, like using all of his energy, he's exhausted. Yeah, the ending sequence of this match I thought was great. Yeah, uh, basically it ends. Uh, Kurt Angle gets the ankle lock in. Technically, Austin should have been able to grab the rope. Uh, no, but I mean he was under the rope. That yeah. should have been a break. That should have right. been a rope break. Uh, yeah. It wasn't. And Austin taps out, and Kurt Angle wins his second WWF Championship in his hometown. A uh, very patriotic moment, of course. He's the American hero. And Kurt's family and the whole WWF locker room celebrate with him. Carry yep. him, yeah. The cra- But the crowd, man, especially once once uh, they were announcing Kurt Angle and said, From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The crowd went nuts. nuts. What'd and you give it? I give it um, 3.25 stars. The middle just really drugged for me. That hurts my um, Unfortunately. I-, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought... Everything that surrounded like that kind of slowdown in the middle was excellent, and it was a fun moment to see Kurt Angle's family and the WWF locker room come out and celebrate the title coming back to the WWF. A really cool, heroic, patriotic moment. Unfortunately, man, it just something about it just drugged me in the middle. Uh, you said this in the car earlier. I had it at three until the celebration at the end. I think that bumped it up to three point two five for me. It was just it got so boring. Like there was a point where I was like falling asleep. Yeah, it, it, it drug a little bit for me. But the too. beginning and the end were great. I'll give it that. Well, Zach, you already uh, lost your shit earlier. We know what Luke gives it. Luke, you lo- <laughs> to be fair, Luke, you're- Luke gave it a four because he's a major Austin Mark and thought there was a lot more storytelling than both of you did. To be fair, uh, you're on par with Meltzer, so which yeah, isn't saying so, much. So, so I was like, I was whatever. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, damn, dude, you definitely, like, you're overrating this. So I went online, I'm like, what did Meltzer give this? He, got, gave, he also your... gave it four stars. I got my validation. Yeah, you got your validation. But I do want to say stuff like uh, Stone Cold wanting to go for the stunner, like, right away in the in the match, but backing off because he knew Kurt was ready to shoot on him. Yeah. And then they teased that again, and that's how Kurt ended up winning the match. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like the storytelling. I like the pulling up the mats outside, because that's what Stone Cold did to Angle, like, in a previous, like raw or something yeah that they did in the video package anyway i should say also this was the match going into it that, that i remembered the most uh because i was very invested in this rivalry uh as a kid 
I, I, truck, I distinctly dude. remember the milk truck. I remember uh, Stone Cold throwing Angle's medals off the bridge. I was devastated when that happened. I was devastated when Austin threw those medals over the bridge. I remember, but then the, I remember Angle trying to murder Stone Cold. Yep, and uh, like him being a sissy. Yeah, that was kind of weird. So that that's the, that's I think the biggest thing about Stone Cold's heel gimmick was that he was just kind Stone, of a wuss. Like at one point, should never be a bitch. Even in this match, like he tried leaving in the middle of it. He tried taking his title and like taking his ball and going home. Yeah. Once, once Triple H got hurt, this the whole Stone Cold heel turn just fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I I mean, I was going to say after this discussion question would be uh how do you, how do you feel about the Stone Cold heel turn? But I think everybody's in agreement that it was a terrible it, and experiment. Stone Cold has said countless times that if he could go back WrestleMania 17, he would still take the chair from Vince. Yeah. But he would whack Vince with it and say screw you DTA pretty yeah, much. And, yeah. and, I mean, that would have made more sense. I mean, if there's one guy you never needed to turn, it was Stone Cold's Boston. Yeah. I mean, WCW did the same thing with Goldberg though. There was no True. reason to turn them. None. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, what'd you give the show as a whole? Yeah, so that's it. The show goes off the air with a huge celebration. Um, overall, uh, maybe we've been spoiled recently with some of the recent shows we've been watching. Didn't really do it for me, honestly. I give the show a C minus. Um, for every good moment, there were some. There were some peaks and valleys. Uh, unfortunately, I think the valleys kind of outnumbered the yep. peaks. I also- so a C minus. What was good was great. Uh, and then everything else was kind of just there. C minus. Uh, I couldn't give it higher if I wanted to. It was almost a stretch giving it a C minus. Yeah. Uh, I give it a C plus. Right. Oh, just, yeah. Just because, okay, just, <laughs> I mean, there was one, there were two. There, there was, was one, one there four, was two. So I had one at, one match three and three quarters, uh-huh. which you guys had at four. Uh-huh. I had another match at four. I had another one that was three and a quarter. Like, so I don't know. C plus. I mean, yes, it was what it was. And I didn't get... The there wasn't as much patriotism as I thought there would be. So would you? Yeah, same. Since you gave it a C plus, would you recommend others to watch it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, just for the time period, and I mean, Rob Van Dam versus uh, Chris Jericho was great. I think Austin versus Angle told a good story, and I mean, two thousand one Rock was awesome. Too. I wouldn't recommend watching it front to back. Nice, yes, yes. But I'd okay. recommend a few of. The, I'd recommend. Yep. I'd recommend the Austin Angle. Uh, match just because of everything that went along with it, and I definitely would recommend the RVD match. Other than that, maybe the opening tag Ma- team match. Yeah, yeah. Other than yeah. that, like skip the honestly, I'd skip the Rock match. I'd say I'd skip definitely. pretty much everything else. I it was one of those shows that I would consider one of the most boring shows I've watched. Really? Wow. No, yeah, dude. It was. I think you have some recency bias, bro. We watched some shitty shows. Yeah, but at least those were funny. We're like 40-something deep. We watched I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't shows. put it. I'd put it in the middle. Like, it's a C-. minus. It's right in that middle. I, I thought it was so zone. boring. We had shows that it was, it was hard to stay awake during. That's, That's this true. one. See, I, I stayed no, awake during I mean, it. No, there, there was at one point where I was like almost dozing. Maybe you were watching it too I th- late. I think. Oh, I was at like 6 o'clock. Yeah. I think you're, you were, you're spoiled, pal. Well, that was Unforgiven 2001. Yes, a it hit, was. hit and miss show, I'd say. I think we can all agree on that at least. Um, Definitely. So should we get to some listener feedback? Yeah, let's start with the questions. Let's start with some questions. Who are we starting with? Uh, I'm just going to start with whatever one's lowest on the list, so we will see in a moment. But not lowest in our hearts. Not lowest in our hearts, of course. Uh, We will start... With Dakota, right? With Dakota Zinkner, and he has something to say... About All Out. About All Out, and specifically the best friends, so we will listen to that. I got it queued up and ready to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, big boys at Body Slams, this is once again your pal, the real DZ of professional wrestling, Dakota Zankner, and I've got a hot take for you. I'm not on the best friend's friendship. They are very good performers, 
I'm just not buying into what they're selling right now, and I don't want them anywhere near that tag team tournament final. And of the tag teams I can think of, they would probably be one of the last teams I would want to hold the strap. I would prefer to see tag team like the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, and my personal dark horse, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I'm just not buying into the best friends. Keep it going, big boys! Alright, so Dakota is not into the best friends. Kyle, what say you? Alright, I've been on I've been on Luke all night for his bad opinions, but Dakota, you take number one here. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Wow. I love you, buddy, but the the best friends are awesome. They are so talented. Yes, the all out match was not the greatest. Like we'll we'll, we'll even say that right now. Sure. That the all out match was not their best work, but they are good. And I don't think you need to start the titles on the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros or LAX for that matter. I think I think the best friends would be the perfect ones to hold those belts first. Sure. I mean I mean I think they're the quintessential tag. Well, Lucha Bros and yeah, but I don't know the best the best friends gimmick. Maybe that's what bothers. I think it's. I think yeah. I think specifically, yeah. it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's a bias against Chuck and Trent specifically. I think it's. And again, you can correct us if we're misjudging your comment, but I think it was kind of that like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain their. He's gimmick. just not into the game. They just they their best they friends. Hug. They hug. Yeah. It's right. like it's like Billy and Chuck. If Billy and Chuck weren't gay, which yeah. I guess they ended up not being gay. Yeah, I guess you're right. right. Um, no, hey, Dakota, I was just kidding when I was giving you shit at the beginning of this. I love you, buddy. We do love you, and yeah, we appreciate you that you're a, for a regular... In. And uh, you are the real DZ. It's true. Of uh, I think it's interesting that we have a dissenting opinion like that. You don't usually see people not on the Best Friends bandwagon, so you know, not everything is for everybody. Also, if you like that Austin match better than the other two did, uh, give me some feedback. Love me. That seems like it'd be a Dakota match, kind of. Up next, mm, we have no, Keith the Chief, Kiefer Cook, riding in. And we're going to cue that up. Not writing in, but you know what I mean. No, no, it's, it, you're writing in. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the validation. Love you. I love you too, man. I'm just waiting for it to start. There we go. Hey there, big boys and body slams. Loving you guys. You guys' episodes are always awesome. Thank you. I got a one little question for you guys. I guess it's a big question considering who it is, but do you think that Luchasaurus will ever turn on Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt? Thanks, guys. Keep doing what you do. Yes, eventually I do. I think I think this is this is how I'd book it. I would turn him and then do uh, Luchasaurus and Zach versus Marco Stunt and <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy in a match. Um, actually, but wait for all, that call. AW, call me up. In all seriousness, I think that's where it's eventually headed. And I think that the, the moment that that happens is going to be such a huge heel moment. Oh, yeah. And I, you don't have to do it, by the way, for years. No, I, I yeah. would I would still wait a year or two, but I think Luchasaurus could be a big-time player, and I think Jungle Boy is going to be a big-time player, too. Yeah. Well, Jungle Boy is so beloved. Yeah, so the moment, that, the moment that Luchasaurus turns his back on him will be gigantic. Yeah. It will be weird, though. I mean, we've talked about this. Luchasaurus is amazing, and he's gets his, he gets his gimmick over. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see what that looks like. And in an actual full storyline as a singles competitor, I yeah, I I can't book it, right? I I can't. I don't know. I can't call it. That's right. <laughs> but I think to answer his question again, yeah, I think definitely someday. Usually, tag teams rarely stay together forever, right? Even if it's just a temporary split. So I think it doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't even have to be a year from now. Make two, three years from now. You know, yep. I don't have a crystal ball, but if I if I was a betting man, I'd say yeah, eventually. Thank you, Chief Keith. 
Yes. Uh, up next, the professor, Joe Shea, writes in, and oh, uh, I don't know him. He's got a he's got a little bit of a bone to pick. Someone's got a bone to pick with Zach. You do, been... do, do, do. people have had bones to pick with me lately? But I'm, you know, I'm kind of digging. You've it. been waiting for it, man. Uh, he 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 thinks I'm wrong about Kane, and uh, he's about to tell us why, uh, very articulately, of course. A big hello to the guys in the Big Boys and Body Slams crew. This is Joe, the professor. I got a little bone to pick with Zach, however. On the last episode of the podcast, you were comparing Luchasaurus and Kane and said that Kane really didn't get as big as he could have been until after he took his mask off. I tend to disagree because he was heavyweight champion two or three times and tag team champion two or three times with the likes of uh, the Hurricane and Rob Van Dam. Uh, if you want to elaborate and provide a counterpoint i'd love to hear it again congratulations on the move guys and hope all is well for all of you i've never seen luke oh. raise his hand so fast to make oh. a comment as he has right now so luke you have the floor okay i mean as if people don't know the professor is my brother and joe let me give you some advice man you don't have to be within a millimeter of the phone speaker <laughs> when you when you record um and i'm gonna kyle, f- kyle go ahead buddy i'm gonna go fight ahead. for the right of my friend zach here Kane held the main championship. The world title. The world title for a day with the mask. Yeah. And then won the ECW and the world heavyweight, the WWE ECW, and world heavyweight without the mask. Yeah. So the two to three. And it's it sucks, man, because Joe, to this point, has come correct with all of his knowledge. I just had to get you. So, yeah. Zach, now, yeah. you, now you raise your we hand. We got the and professor. You raise your hand and you tell Joe you beat him. So I see your point because I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to agree with you because I, I still agree with myself, but <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Okay. Because think about it. When Kane came in, he was a big deal. He was a big deal. Huge. He won the WWF championship pretty much right away. Granted, he only held it for a day. He had a memorable tag team run with RVD in particular. And X-Pac. And X-Pac. So he did some stuff, but I think his, his status and his, at least for me, a lot of his more memorable storylines, for better and worse, happened once he took that mask off. That's when you got to see the personality of Kane come out. Um, because well, when he still had the mask, he had like the tank top he was talking. Yeah, true, true. Um, but I think after that, like you said, he held the big gold for a while. Uh, you know, he had some moments there, some some fun and not so fun storylines after that. And um, he was in like every month in the bank for a while. Yeah, and he had a movie, so that helps too. See no evil. Um, it was I, terrible, but, but he had a movie. But to to lend to Joe's point, when I think of Kane, I think of the mask. I think of the I mask think of corporate Kane. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. T- uh, the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Who so we got thank next? you, thank you, Joe. Uh, I appreciate it. Keep picking my bones. Up next is a good friend of the podcast, nice. Arn May. Arn, who uh, doesn't have a bone to pick with us necessarily, but he kind of has a bone to pick with AEW. Also, you owe Shane a TV. Yeah, yeah Arn, Arn. You better replace that TV soon. Money bags. So Arn's going to talk to us about AEW and the way they're pushing some of their talent or not pushing some of their talent. You know, you know. I'm just waiting for it to start. So I just flew in from LA. There we go. Hey guys, this is Arn, pal of the podcast. And I got a little bone to pick with AEW. You know, someone's got to pick a bone. But it's more so just on why aren't any of like the what you'd call newer guys, the mid cards, the Darby Allens, some of the women's division being able to, you know, build themselves up and do promos. We all know who, you know. Cody Rhodes, Jericho, 
uh, Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers are, but we, there needs to be more substance. Why aren't the other guys promoing so they can, you know, get their name out there? At some point, they're going to have to do it. Why not do it now? You've known you're going to have TV time for two, three, four months on TNT. Hell, even Brandy's getting TV time, and that's scary, and she's super <laughs> green. Hope you guys have a great week. Love the podcast. Bye. And we love you too, Oren. Thank you, buddy. You're the best, dude. You know what? I love Pal of the Podcast. That's a good that, moniker. That might, that might be a shirt. That might be a t-shirt. Because we have friend of the podcast. Now we need Pal of the Podcast. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, Aaron, I completely agree with you. I think if there's anything you can knock AEW for, and granted they don't have TV, but they have BTE, and they have the Road 2 specials, and this was kind of everyone's concern with AEW, right? Was that, oh man, you know, it's all elite wrestling. Are they going to focus on the elite more than they are anybody else? Unfortunately, yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, some guys have gotten segments and some guys, you know, uh, Sean Spears had the JR sit down and there's been other things and other people have had a focus on them. But uh, there's so many other people that are just such a mystery at this point. And you don't have to do a ton, but just familiarizing your hardcore fans with who these people are before you hit TV could go a long way to them sticking around once you're at TV, if that makes any sense. Um, Darby Allen had a, he had a really good point with Darby Allen. How cool would a JR sit down with Darby Allen be? Nobody knows Darby Allen's story, right? Nobody like his story is so mysterious. Yeah. Like with, you know, nobody knows his actual birthday, the rumors yeah. of his parents. It also doesn't help when he gets mislabeled Jimmy Havoc. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, it doesn't help. Um, I would, you've, you've seen the elite get their exposure, right? And then you've seen like the, that next branch of elite. So you, not the elite guys, but like the, the Lucha MG, Bros, the, like Lucha Bros, the yeah. MJFs, uh, Jungle Boy, kind of the guys close to him. But I would love to see the Darby Allens and the Jimmy Havocs get more attention. The Dark Order needs more attention. Oh, big time. Desperately. They can hi- They can even like, and it's kind of gimmicky and hokey, but they can even like hijack an episode of BTE or something, yes. you know? I know that's a little bit hokey, but well, and, and a lot something. Of the Japanese women's wrestlers, as we've been saying. Yeah, that's been my biggest gripe with them. But Aaron, you're right. Yeah, yeah Aaron, you're 100 percent right. But man. you T- know what? TV's at coming. At the same time, I think they're doing the slow burn. I mean, just wait. Just be patient for TV. It's coming soon. Yeah, I think, and hopefully, all our problems are rectified. They need to be able to film TV. TV time. Aaron, I appreciate true. your your your. Yeah, uh, thank you, statement. guys. This I'm overwhelmed by the amount of, I and in a good it. way, I and by the amount it. of people who have left voicemails. I think we got one more. We have one more from Jake Jonas. The, our our man. And then I want to close it with a uh, ultimate Joe Colton, Colton line, but that'll be at the very can we, end can of the we podcast. Call, can we call Jake Jonas our sugar daddy? He's our sugar daddy. He's financing <laughs> the podcast. He and Anchor are the two people financing the podcast. So Jake Jonas is going to ha- uh, cap off our voice messages for the day, technically, and then we'll get into predictions for Clash of Champions after that. But let's hear what Jake has to say. Take it away. What's up, fellas? It's your boy, Jonas. Uh, my question is... My two questions are, I wondered if you guys thought that the Chris Jericho meme, a little bit of the bubbly, uh, if that could actually help put new eyes on the product since it was spread so quickly and widely. And I wondered what your guys' thoughts were on the Josh Bonham situation. Thanks, and uh, love the show. The bubbly. Uh Two-part question. Uh, once, by the way, you sound fantastic. I don't know what you're recording your uh, your voice message on, if it's just your phone or if you have a mic, but you sound very good. So I, I applaud you for that. Uh, to answer your questions, the bubbly meme definitely has the potential to bring in. Oh, it's already a, fans. like a best-selling shirt. It's like my favorite meme in general of the year. I, I, I'm, I was in stitches the first time I heard it. I just think it's great. 
Uh, and I might clip that little bit of you saying it a little bit just for later use. So just be aware if you hear it later on in the show. We could, add, we could add that to the beginning. <laughs> I was thinking about Joe. it, actually. Um, and then uh, the second part, the Josh Bodum, the referee who got assaulted. Let's call it what it is. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, hey, in- inform me on this, guys, because I'm not. So essentially, uh, there was a little bit of a botch, a big botch. Uh, the, but no, but the wrestler didn't kick out. Yeah, Where to this? be fair. Where it was this? some trash bag indie promotion somewhere. Okay. Okay. And the ref counted the three because the guy didn't k- kick out. And so they beat up the referee. Like, for reals. What? Like, and in then real other, life. Velvet, they were, Sky, Velvet Sky brought this up on Twitter. How did other wrestlers sit That was there the first thing I noticed. And just let this happen. There were two or three other guys in the ring. This and and all the people in the crowd. But, I mean, it could have been part of the show, I guess. This but, guy can't work anymore. Yeah, he had to retire from refing because he got beat up so bad. While the oh whole time, God. While the whole time, there's workers in the ring watching this happen. And I don't know, maybe there was some confusion. Like, is this part of the show? Is it not... I mean, if you watch it, it's very obvious that this man is getting legitimately beat up because he's doing everything he can to fight back, but he's not a big guy, and he's just getting ra- railed on. And I think not only should this guy, the, the the perpetrator, never work again, I think there should be criminal charges. I, I yeah, think he should go to yeah. I think absolutely. he should go to jail. One, he should go to jail, and two, he should be put in a room with the Impact roster of Moose and Shamrock and <laughs> yeah. Sammy Callahan yeah. and Brian Cage, and just let them do what this guy human, did to somebody human else. garbage isn't enough to describe it. Unprofessional, terrible, uh, just 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 a bad bad look. Uh, it's stuff like that that unfortunately becomes headline news in pro wrestling, and that's the kind of publicity that wrestling does not need right now. None. Um, and unfortunately, that's the kind of publicity that the media loves to run with. So it's unfortunate. Uh, Jake, thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you so much for leaving these voice messages. I'm saving Joe's for the very end. It could be our new outro to the podcast, actually. Uh, at least a clip of it. Uh, you want to so. talk about memeable. Yeah, uh, he's the best. Uh, All you guys are the best. Seriously, wow. So thank you all. Let's keep this dialogue going. This will be the new time slot for it if we keep getting all this volume of messages in, which I hope we do. Uh, Write in with anything that you want. So prediction panel time. Yes. Uh, So so let's go. Clash of Champions, as you may or may not know, is this Sunday, if you're listening to this the day it comes out. And uh, we're going to go through some predictions. Kyle's scoring these, by the way. I'm scoring these. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the match. What does the winner get, by the way? A shout-out on Twitter or something. I don't know. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the match. Luke's going to pick first, then Zach, then me. Okay. And we and can give a little explanation, too? Yeah, if you want. It's okay. all good. Okay. Let's do so, it. So, King of the Ring Finals. We're going to start with this one. Baron Corbin, Chad Gable. Oh, is, Gable is won? Is Gable official? He beat, he beat Shane McMahon tonight. Nice. He was facing Shane? Well, Elias he was supposed to be facing Elias, oh, okay. but he had to withdraw. Okay. Cool. Uh, Luke? Uh, I was going to... Let me get to it. Let me get to it. Um, I'm going to say, of course, Baron will win because this is just the achievement that he needs to reach peak heel dickhead. And I can already see him being just as annoying as King Booker, which is a good thing. Uh, can I say, first off, uh, Baron Corbin is doing some excellent work lately. Well, and I been. think he and Chad Gable are going... Could have the potential to have a show-stealing-esque match. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but I honestly believe it. Chad Gable isn't a fantastic worker, and Baron can keep up with littler guys. Uh... I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Chad Gable gets the rub here. I think Baron has had uh, plenty of career accolades up to this point. Um, I think giving a big underdog, because they've been playing up Chad Gable as the underdog in every match, and I think what better way to get a big underdog win against a guy like Baron Corbin? So I'm going to say Gable. Hold on, on. before you go, I just want to I'm going to take a page out of Zach's book here. I meant to call you out for this earlier. Yeah. Last week, you called Pac a great, or he's a good cock. That That was your... That was your quote. Okay. Phrasing. So that's that's my opinion on Baron Corbin. But He is a good cock. Baron. I bet he's got a good cock, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Kyle, hey, Kyle, what win? do you think, buddy? The, so this one's hard for me because I want Gable to win because that's going to make a new star, right? 
But Corbin could become a monster heel after this. So I'm going to go Baron Corbin. Okay, so chalk up two for Corbin, one for Gable. It looks like I'm the odd duck out on that one. Next one I think might be pretty easy. I think everybody's probably going to get the same thing. No disqualification, Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan. Uh, Eric Rowan's getting dominated and destroyed and decimated. I don't think he's going to get destroyed and decimated, but I think Roman gets a hearty win. I am going to go Roman Reigns too. I I think it'll be a good match. It'll be fun. I mean, this is just... Brian. Fine. Brian's going to get interfere. Yeah, it's just finally bringing us to Roman and Brian. Yeah. All right, U.S. title, AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander. Uh, I think that this could be match of the night, if a clean finish, uh, but Styles will win. Yeah, I don't think, uh, as much as they've been building up Cedric, I don't think it's his time to win a title yet. Uh, I'm going to go with AJ to retain here, and I, I don't think it's going to be... I don't know if there's like bonus points, but I don't think it's going to be a clean finish. I think you're definitely going to have Gallows and Anderson get the involved. OC. The OC and the Viking Raiders will be involved in this match, I'm sure, with AJ Styles walking out, regaining his champ- retaining his All championship. Right. we got to disagree more. This is So far, I'm losing by a point if uh, everything comes true. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Luke? Oh... This is this could be a divisive okay. one. All right, Sasha wins, maybe with a little help from Bailey, and this feud is far from over. I think you got to get the belt off of. Uh, I think you got to get the belt off of Becky. However, I don't think this is the the show to do it in. I think the feud prolongs. Becky retains with some uh, after fighting off uh, some interference by Bailey, and the feud somehow continues. But I think for now, Becky retains at this show. I'm giving it the bet. Uh. No, not Becky Banks. I think Sasha's going to win it. I think she's uh-huh. got the momentum right now. I'm just trying to do some hot takes so we don't have all the same answers. These are our hot takes. Also, can we all agree that Becky's better chasing than she is chasing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that last I mean, week, I, I think. In I love her, though. Still. Oh, I love these two both. Yeah, me too. Miz versus Nakamura for the United States title. What? Uh, what did you ask me at Goodwill? You mean IC Yeah. What did you ask me at Goodwill earlier? I didn't even know the Miz had been on TV. Where's the Miz, Zach says at Goodwill. And now he's in the Clash of Champions. Luke? Uh, this is a transition match to get to wherever the Zayn and Shin storylines going next. Shinsuke retains, and I'm pretty sure Miz is having a kid soon. Yeah, Shinsuke retains. I this is like probably the match I have the second most confidence in calling the outcome of. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't see why the Miz would win right now. So Nakamura. I do love that Shin's getting TV time. I love that he's kind of with Zayn too. I don't know. It's a partnership that kind of works for me. New Day versus Revival for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. This one's kind of hard to predict. At least um, for me. Let's see. Uh, I mean, the Revival are, are on Raw, but I mean, I guess that hasn't mattered. That logic hasn't mattered to this point. They're doing, a, if the rumors are true, they're doing another draft soon yeah. anyways. Uh, the entire New Day is going to retain. I guess I spoiled my other prediction, but they're all retaining. Okay, Zach? Yeah, New Day I think is going to retain. I think it'll be a close match, though. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a squash or one-sided at all, but I do think... It could be very good. Yeah, it could It could definitely be very good. It's going to be a good match. New Day is going to retain. Um, Gulak versus Dorado. Versus Carrillo. And not Oni. No Oni. Man. But story time can come back next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish Uncle Oni was still in the conversation, but I'm going to go with Gulak winning by pinning Dorado. Uh, I actually did some research, guys. Gulak used to be a mentor to Carrillo. Is it Carrillo or Carrillo? Carrillo. Okay, Carrillo. Um, and Carrillo even beat him a while back. So I think this triple threat is just going to eventually set up a Gulak and a Carrillo storyline. Gulak. Uh, I am going to go Gulak as well. I don't Kind of a predictable show. Well, I mean, I feel like just because it's Clash of Champions, they just have to have some of these matches. Yeah, true. So, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Rude and Ziggler, Rudolph. Um, I'm not quite sure how Dolph and Rude got together. 
They, they, they just they, got into the they tag both team need something together. to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure on this one. Uh, since Braun and Seth are pulling double duty, something screwy has to happen. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the OC comes out and screws Seth and Braun and other titles. But don't worry. Dolph and good old Bobby won't have the belts long before the OC wins them back. Yeah, I'm right with you. I think uh, they're going to get those tag belts off of uh, Seth and Braun before the main event. And I think we'll see a very short run for Rudolph. I think Rudolph wins. I think they are the... I think they're the go-to team right now, and I, I hope it's a long run. I like. I them. do too. I love them actually. I think it's it works. Up next, Bailey and Charlotte Flair. Okay, let's see. I'm all over the place here. Go ahead, Zach. Um, as much as I want to say Bailey, it's really hard to pick against Charlotte on pay per view. They just love to give her those big wins and big moments. So I'm gonna go with Charlotte. Well, I think we're gonna okay. get a title change. I'm gonna say Bailey is gonna go all out heel and a dirty finish and retain. Uh, I don't want Bailey's title run to end, so I'm going to go Bailey. Yeah. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. <sighs> Kofi retains, I guess, and the saga continues. I'm so over Randy, but everyone knows that by now. Um, Man, can I just go on a little bit of a sidebar? Sure. Do it. <sighs> so Kofi won the championship at WrestleMania. Right. And that was the high point of his reign. Yep. And it has just been steadily going downhill they since. They haven't been booking it well. No, it's not his fault. Uh, I, but I, I think it's it's getting close to time to take that belt off of him, unfortunately. Please, please don't let it be Randy Orton that gets the belt. Oh, if, so you're, if somebody from WWE happens so to be listening, picking? I'm picking Kofi out of necessity. Oh, I'm picking Orton. I have a bad feeling Orton's going to win it here. I, I don't want Orton to win. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Orton's going to win. And Damn, for, I hope you're wrong. Man. For the main event, we got Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Um, I don't see Braun winning. In fact, I don't even see a clean finish. And I see the OC or even just AJ getting involved, and it's a DQ. They're setting something up for hell. In a side. lot of like OC and uh, AJ involvement, perhaps, throughout the show, actually. They're kind of involved in a lot of different things, which, which is I interesting. Love. Yeah, I do too. I love. I'm going to say... Seth, just because I'm thinking forward to Hell in a Cell, and we know we have the Fiend match coming up, and that's just kind of a personal preference. Who would I like to see the Fiend fight? I'd like to see him wrestle Seth over Braun, so I think Seth's going to retain here. I mean, and I guess that means the Fiend wins the title at Hell in a Cell? So with the Fiend setting up that match against Hell in a Cell, I think he's going to take out his former protege, Braun Strowman. Wow. And uh, oh, so we're going to get Braun versus Fiend, and I think the All Fiend's right. going to win. And just throwing this out there, I don't want him to, to side with the Fiend, but I could see Luke Harper making his return and maybe attacking Braun after the match. I okay. would love that. Okay. I will say, I think I think you forgot the women's title match, women's tag title match, right? I sure did. So that's Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, the champs, versus Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And uh, I'm going to say Alexa and Nikki will win, and the only time that they're going to lose those titles is when it's time to break up and start that singles feud. Yep. And it ain't going to be against Mandy and Sonya. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, I forgot about this match just like WWE has forgotten about these titles, <laughs> and I'm going Alexa and Nikki. All right. Sorry, just for completion's sake, I had to. Yeah, uh, so that's Clash of Champions overall. Uh, that was actually the, our Unforgiven show with our predictions for no, Clash No, I'm getting of somewhere. I'm getting somewhere. Uh, overall, <laughs> how do you guys feel about Clash of Champions, how, how the buildup has been? Uh, just what do you guys think about how, – how do you think the show is going to be, I guess? I think it's going to be long. I think there's like 12 matches on the cards. There's going to be some segments too, probably involving The Fiend. I think it's going to be too long, but I'm expecting very high-quality matches. 
Luke? I'm hoping so as well, but a lot of these do feel transitional. They just feel like, like I said earlier, their championship matches just because it's the Clash, and they're trying to set up the big stuff for Hell in a Cell. Yeah, um, I have been very... Um very forthcoming with giving praise to the WWE for their television product and just the way they've been building their product lately. And it's, it's well-deserved. However, uh, I am not excited for the show really at all. Oh, uh, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Wow. I think I there'll be some good matches. I just, like Luke said, it kind of just seems like a lot of these matches you just have to have because it's clash of champions. I don't really have any personal investment in it. I'm definitely looking ahead to hell well, in a cell guys. This show is going to rule. It's okay. going to be fine. It's going to be well, fine. It's here, not going to be a bad show. Here's what I'll say. I'll say the wrestling, I expect. I fully expect the wrestling to be fantastic. Yeah. I just expect the storyline stuff to be uninspired. I agree. That's kind of how I sit, too. So that's that. Uh, I think we're done for the week. Uh, we will see you guys. Hey, hit me up on Twitter when I'm on there. Uh, leave us voicemail. Yeah, hit us up on buy, Instagram, by the way. Buy some merch. Subscribe if you need. If you feel like we, you can help us out. I've been running the Instagram page, and it's 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 a barren desert wasteland. So if you're on Instagram, give us a follow. And even if Luke says Facebook. our show drops on Fridays, they always drop on Wednesdays. <laughs> I did that once, man. Uh, you did it twice. So we're gonna go off did the I? air with the. You yeah, did it. You, you, did you it posted from our actual page, and, and then from the. Uh, group. Oh, okay. Well, that was just one mistake. Um, so we're gonna. No, it was. Two different posts I had to fix. So we're going to go off the air here with a uh, lovely quote. It's not a, a lovely tirade from the ultimate Joe Colton, and then we'll too sweet, and then we'll go off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love every single one of you guys. Seriously, this, is, this, this is, is, awesome. is so much fun. This is awesome. NWA versus WWF was going on before you brothers were a glimmer in your daddy's eyes, man. It's the purest thing there is. So what you going to do, WWE, when AEW and the American Dream Sons run wild on you? And oh, on that note, hey, oh, wait, hold, oh. we don't totally, we want to see everybody do good. We don't want to see anybody taken down. We don't, we're not picking sides in the battle. That's a hell of a promo, though. Too, Too sweet. sweet.